Here by the Owl podcast is a podcast for owlets and wise owls alike. Join hosts Nikki Fiddle-Eye-Doll and Brianna Briegel along with rotating owls from across the country as they discuss what it takes to advise from time to time. Our podcast is fueled by the true knowledge from empowering agricultural education instructors and ripen with the wisdom you will never learn in a textbook. Welcome back to another episode of Here by the Owl podcast. We're here with National FFA Teacher Ambassador uh, and our good friend Darla uh, to talk about a resource that National FFA has for ag teachers uh, across the country to use. So before we get into what this resource is, Darla, can you introduce yourself, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about where you teach uh, and your program? Yep, so sure. Thanks, Nikki and Brianna, for having me um, be a part of this podcast. I listen to it every morning, um, every Monday on my way to work, so it's kind of cool to be a part of this now. Um, so a little bit about myself. This is my eighth year um, as an agriculture teacher. I've spent my entire um, beginning of my career at Cumberland Valley High School, which is 10 minutes south of our state capital in Harrisburg, so it's a fairly suburban school district. Um, we've been using the case curriculum since I started at CV. Um, and we have um, six case courses. We do the plant and animal science pathway. And then we also have three rotating ag mechanics courses that have been really good just to retain um, a different demographic of students in our program. We have a two teacher program, which is phenomenal. You just get like someone else to collaborate with and kind of share that teaching load. And the size of our, we have 200 students in the program in our high school grades nine to 12, we have about 2,800 students. So 700 students per graduating class. And we have a big surge coming up next year with a thousand ninth graders. So there's probably going to be some changes to. Um, Is that like a comma and three zeros? Correct. Yeah. Holy so, buckets. We have one of like the fastest growing um, townships in the state of Pennsylvania. So a lot of people move into our school district. So we we just built um, an eighth elementary school. We just built like a brand new middle school. Um, so yeah, there's talk of like a ninth grade academy. So just a building for ninth graders next year. So we're excited about what opportunities that can bring our program in terms of like a separate FFA chapter or, um, you know what I mean, however they want to allow us to structure it. So really the sky has been the limit with, with our program and we just kind of keep adding um, sections of introduction to ag each year. So that's been really unique um, just to connect with students that don't come from production agriculture and just really like the science of ag has been a sweet spot for us to get kids interested in agriculture. That's awesome. And you have such a great opportunity with all of those different students. Um, I consider myself to teach at a big school, but I don't have near as many students as that. So that's wild. Yep. Um, so Nikki mentioned already that you are a national FFA teacher ambassador. Why don't you kind of give the listeners an idea of what are some of your roles and responsibilities in that uh, position? Sure. So we are really um, tasked with being kind of like a representative on behalf of National FFA and really sharing out some of the awesome educator resources that the team at National FFA has developed. Um, so looking at our requirements and what we were um, given during our training, we have to um, post on social media. So an Ag Ed discussion lab in like a state Ag Ed group that you um, may be involved with just to share out those resources and potentially give them as a solution for someone's um, ask. We're asked to give um, at least one workshop throughout the year about those educational resources. 
Um, we, we tally up how many people we've interacted with each month in those workshops, have the workshop attendees um, give back some evaluation on the quality of the resource, the quality of the presentation. And then finally, um, just communicate with your state staff in your current state. And if you're um, working with any um, LPS staff from National FFA, just to kind of prepare for those workshops and how best to get resources into the hands of teachers. And one of the things I shared for the show notes today was just the plethora of, of resources available. We only have time to highlight one of those, but I think it's important for people to realize it's not just how to teach FFA, but how to integrate some of these other topics in agriculture, but they've just been developed through um, the National FFA staff. So, so far it's been, um, it's really been kind of fast paced for myself and the other Ag the National FFA teacher ambassador in our state. And we've hit the ground running, just kind of done workshops in a variety of formats um, just to get our teachers those resources. And how long have you served as an FFA ambassador? Is this your first time serving? Um, yeah, it is. And it's actually an interesting story. So Melanie and I were the first ambassadors selected for Pennsylvania. So, and we've been in this role since June of this year. So we got trained virtually during the pandemic and everything. But the reason, um, this is like the first year that Pennsylvania has had this opportunity is usually the training fell during our state FFA convention. So advisors didn't wanna be pulled away from um, taking your teams and things like that to state convention for like this teacher opportunity. So the question is why is this year, they, when they offered two weeks of training, um, Melanie and I both kind of had the same idea, like let's jump on this. We can go to states one week and then um, have this, train, this, this opportunity if we got selected for it. And it just really worked out that um, we weren't traveling anywhere. So we got trained virtually and then, yeah, so we can kind of kickstart off for Pennsylvania and let other teachers in the future, if they are curious about the opportunity, just kind of give them like a head start and the foundation that we're building this year. And what made you want to be a national teacher ambassador? I mean, you talk about all the different things that you have to do throughout the year and the workshops and presenting and everything. And obviously it's a, and it's an additional responsibility on top of your, you know, teaching sure. duty. So what really made you want to do that? Sure. So this past year, um, I was fortunate enough to serve as like the president for the Pennsylvania Association of Agricultural Educators. And in that role, um, again, as multifaceted faceted as that is, I really got to see like the different groups of teachers that exist within the state. So like your new and beginning teachers, like your middle-aged teachers. And we also have like a group of, um, like a, kind of like a more emerging group of Pennsylvania of teachers that are, that, that come to teaching in like a non-traditional pathway. So really after I got the chance like to meet more intimately with some of those groups and see what their needs were, um, after I knew your year of service as president would be ending, this just kind of, again, the timing worked out that I could go to the, the training and it was still a way that you could give back to your colleagues, again, not serving in like in your Ag Teachers Association role, but just like in another way. And I've always just really enjoyed um, having my students participate in FFA events and just letting them know that agriculture is just so much more than production ag, like what you think it is. And just sharing that same message with teachers that come to teaching agriculture in a non-traditional pathway. That's really what my motivation has kind of been. And Melanie and I have met with that, that cohort of teachers um, once already. And it looks like it's gonna be like a, a monthly event where we can just chat with them about how to implement FFA, share some of these resources um, and just kind of give them like the, the training that we got when we went through like a traditional four-year degree program. So really just seeing 
the diversity of teachers in our state is what prompted and said, this is a good year that I can do this and still continue to serve. And I feel like the resource you're about to touch on uh, is perfect for any program. Uh, and it doesn't matter your background, your school's background, if it's been in existence for many years or if it's brand new, this resource uh, is really important. So uh, you're gonna you're gonna talk about the Ag Literacy and Advocacy resource. This is put out by National FFA. Just briefly explain for somebody who doesn't know what that is, uh, what is the resource? And what are a few things that are included? Sure. So initially when a lot of people think advocacy, you, you think about um, trying to get a policy passed that's going to benefit your, you, your, your, your program, your community, et cetera. But really these modules um, and the resources developed, National FFA has identified four different audiences that you as an ag teacher would need to work with. And yes, elected officials um, are going to be one of those groups that, again, we're kind of training our students to interact with. But we also need to think about teaching students how to interact with their peers and effectively advocate or tell a story about agriculture. Um, elementary students and really thinking about how agricultural literacy at a young age can create informed consumers. So like when we're trying to advocate to those elected officials that may not have known any better about agriculture, you can target elementary students earlier you're kind of setting up the industry for more success. And then finally, your community members. So whether it's a local issue that could impact, um, again, like a certain industry in your community or school district, just knowing how to create that messaging so you can effectively um, communicate and educate about a given issue. So before I share those resources, I think it's important to think and to understand that advocacy is much more than just talking to elected officials and getting legislation passed. So I'm gonna share three of kind of my top picks that National FFA has developed in this advocacy um, curriculum, so to speak. The first one is going to be advocacy modules. Um, these are set up as a self-paced lesson that your students can work through. And the cool thing about this is if you know as an instructor which audience your students are going to be interacting with, there's an advocacy module that's built for each of them. So there's one for peers, elementary, community, and then elected officials. Additionally, there's an overall let's advocate module to introduce the topic of advocacy and an effective way to tell your story. The next one that um, we really plan to dig into this year um, around like national, national Agriculture Day in March and things like that are the experience and planning guides. So these are very similar to what National FFA has developed to help walk students through planning like a program of activities or preparing your national chapter award, but they've done it um, in order to help your students go through and plan out an effective advocacy event for one of those four target audiences. The experience guide is going to be um, very open-ended, um, just simply fill in the blanks, so kind of like a rough skeleton template, where the planning guides are going to give more um, prompts and in-depth resources, and they're going to include some examples of events for each of those four target audiences. So depending on if your students are more experienced or less experienced in actually planning and carrying out events, there's um, some different, different scaffolded resources there for you that um, can meet your needs. And then the final one I want to highlight, um, this was something that was new for 2020 and I actually didn't know about it until 
um, we were we were kind of taught about it during our ambassador training, and it's called the monthly advocacy celebrations. So starting um, in June of 2020, National FFA picked one topic per month to showcase and develop some resources, um, infographics, lesson plans, etc., around that topic. So I think a lot of us in the in the ag industry know that June is National Dairy Month. So that's where National FFA chose to start and provided um, connections to other programs that may relate to dairy, dairy science, the dairy industry. And then they've continued on for um, June, July, so on and so forth. September should have been um, power and technical systems to get the playoff of Labor Day. That's that kicks off that month. And July was fairs and August was college and career readiness. So to go along with those celebrations, um, they also have like the New Horizons blog posts, like I said, infographics, um, Q&As with certain sponsors and industry partners in those fields, um, just to really promote what's going on in agriculture that month. So those were the three that I think everyone can find someplace to implement quickly, um, depending on where your program is at this year. And are those ones too that you feel like would be great for um, any type of learning, whether it's in-person, hybrid, online? Yeah, so certainly I think as an instructor, you would need to take the time to become familiarized with those, with the resources yourself. But for sure, um, with the advocacy modules, that's already built as a standalone kind of a course sequence that students can go through and complete on their own. Um, I personally plan that when we do our ag literacy activities in the spring, again, traditionally they would have been face-to-face, -face, but now we're gonna do them virtually. I'm gonna have my students go through um, the elementary modules so they can better prepare, um, prepare their lessons and prepare like their interactions in, a, in that virtual format for those elementary students, just to make sure that things are age appropriate. So certainly the advocacy modules can be, again, you can do it as a group if you're face-to-face -face or set that up for your students on their own. And then certainly the experience and planning guides. If you chunk that out, if each, um, if each student on your committee takes one portion of the guide, like the planning section, the developing, the evaluation, um, that can easily be taken care of in a virtual format. And it's kind of like a handout that they can, everyone could be looking at all at once and then you as a teacher just kind of bring everyone back and then complete it before you go and implement that event. So yeah, I think interesting because these were probably all developed to be conducted face-to-face, -face, but easily adapted as we as teachers are learning um, for that virtual format as well. So that's a great question, Brianna. Well, and and I think you can look beyond your leadership team or your, your officer team, whatever you choose to call that in your program. You know, in North Dakota, I know we have a lot of teachers that teach community development uh, and and their kids are tasked with creating content to teach to elementary students or uh, people in the community. So, you know, what a great resource for you to give to your kids to kind of evaluate what they're going to do and, and have a strategic plan moving forward. Um, maybe some structure that you lacked in that department. Uh, I know it's hard sometimes when you're like, okay, kids, let's create a community service project, right? And giving them that guidance is sometimes hard. Um, some kids have it, some kids don't. And uh, a resource like this is perfect if you're doing ag in the classroom or any outreach program with students. So as an in-classroom teacher, I guess what's, 
what's your favorite part about the resource that's available? Like if you were gonna one-liner pitch this to colleagues, what's your favorite part about it? I would just really um, emphasize that there's there's an outline that's already been put here just like for like the, the planning process. Um, another thing that I wanna throw out is there's a way to actually assess how effective your advocacy efforts were. So I know on national chapter awards, like a lot of people actually struggle to get like, like a quantifiable measure. So National FFA, they've actually laid that out. So what, if you've gone through and, and planned this out, what's the way that you can assess how effective you were? So I had get, thought of the example that during National FFA week, um, a lot of chapters probably do um, something creative like in your school, like if you do like a pep rally, like we do things at like student lunches, things like that, but we just do it. And we never think back, well, well, how many students did we reach or how have we changed like their perception of what agriculture or FFA is? So I think the like kind of like the thing that brings it all together for me is that now we need to think about assessing and National FFA gives us a template to compare pre-experience knowledge, post-experience, and then calculate out the percent difference um, or excuse me, the percent increase of awareness for whatever topic you're trying to promote. So really just the thought that's gone into it that you as a teacher do not need to start developing really anything from scratch. Obviously you can modify to fit your needs, but um, these are able to be edited. So I think that's another, another positive in this, but the thought has really been done and it's, it's what you would have designed if you had unlimited time to come up with a resource that you wanted for your classroom. I think that's one of the things that I love about National FFA resources is that one, they are editable, you know, you can change them for your own program, but that they have everything. They usually have a bell ringer or some type of attention getter. They have like step-by-step -step instructions. So it's not a resource where you're going to get and then have to take forever to figure out how to use it. You could leave it for a sub if you want to, you know, some of those kinds of things. Um, but if our listeners are hearing all about this resource right now and are sold on it and wanting to, to implement this into their program, how do they go about accessing the, the resource? Sure, that's a great question. So uh, in the PowerPoint, um, I've included in the show notes, if you go to the end, there's a couple of screenshots that let you know um, there's two places that this resource um, is highlighted on the website because it does have like its standalone modules and things like that. So if you go to um, FFA.org and then hover over the Explore FFA, there will be the entire menu that comes up. So if you, for the educator resources, so like the experience guides, um, like the associated like lesson plans and things like that. If you go over to the left-hand column that says get to know FFA and the very bottom, it says educator resources. And then there will be the list of resources that show up. And then there's actually the search feature that I recommend everyone would use. And then you could just simply search advocacy. And then that will bring you to um, like a box folder that has everything broken down that I just discussed in a folder setting. Another way that you can get there is again from that explore FFA menu. If you go all the way over to the right under programs and resources, advocacy and literacy is one of like their flagship programs that they're trying to promote. And then you can just hover over literacy and advocacy and that will take you to those student modules um, that they can work through um, individually on their own. And then there's also some examples of the experience and planning guides there as well. Already digital, already at your fingertips. So no matter what school looks like for you all right now, uh, definitely check out this resource. 
Uh, Darla, how do you how do you go about using some of this in in your program or with even even within your classroom? Sure. So I really think, um, and I mentioned this before, during National FFA Week, we try to get um, as many classes involved, so to speak. So in like our planning, not necessarily just saying like, okay, the officers are going to do this like after class hours, but really trying to let each content area and like the classes that you teach kind of have a meaningful portion of that. So I mentioned before, like we do um, certain things during like lunch periods, um, let each class choose a topic that relates to their content area that they want to promote. So in animal science, maybe it's um, how animals are raised in an ethical and humane way. That, that, that um, group or that class can develop something related to that topic and you have a have them create like a presentation and then a pre-experience, post-experience survey on that. Food science can do the same thing, ag power. And again, everyone just kind of picks um, kind of a topic that their peers could be educated on, so to speak. Um, I really think incorporating service learning projects to get out and reach your community members. Again, that connect back to topics that you have in your classroom. So really in like the spring of the year when the weather breaks like in April and May, um, really just planning projects that you can get your students like outside if you're gonna construct something, if you have time um, after school to take a trip and implement that project. But I think um, really connecting to your community through service learning projects that connect back to your curriculum is another way that these advocacy modules can be implemented fairly simply. And have you used these yourself in your program? And if so, like what age group do you typically do them with? Sure, I actually haven't used these um, used these before, but I really latched on to like the idea behind them for, for things that we can do this year to help my officer team do this. So like you said, probably um, for my freshmen, this may be a little bit more than kind of like what they can wrap their heads around at that point in time. But students, like when they come back for like the second course in my program, they just seem to have like a bigger, um, a bigger picture, like a clear understanding of like FFA as a whole and how it connects to what you're teaching in the classroom and SAE opportunities. So I would certainly say probably 10th through 12th graders will probably get the most meaning from these resources. Well, and, and depending on how your program looks, this might just be a resource for you in your back pocket uh, to give you some tools to help your ninth graders uh, move forward. So maybe it's not something you hand them, uh, depending on what grade level, but it's it's a, a guide to support and bolster what you're already doing. Um, so definitely check those out, kind of evaluate where you think your kids are. Uh, Darla, while you were talking, I thought it would be really cool for, you know, a capstone type uh, you have these kids with SAEs, how are they going to advocate SAE or how would they advocate uh, what their SAE project is uh, to yeah. the community? Uh, and especially like elected officials, um, because a lot of times like when we go like during like our state legislative leadership conference and things like that, everyone just sees like the FFA jacket and they don't understand the complete um, ag ed program. So and SAEs just kind of seems to be the I don't want to say the most misunderstood, but like the least, um, I just, it just gets like the least publicity. So really just teaching your students about to, to talk about the three circle model and that it's more than just a blue jacket and the FFA organization that really gets their reach within our community. Absolutely. So before we wrap up, what are some other modifications or ways that this resource uh, can be adapted for, for any program? Sure, I really think that um, those planning guides could be helpful 
when your chapter is putting together your program of activities during like a leadership retreat. Um, I, I really also think just preparing when you're going to go give presentations for for really anything, if you're not really advocating for an issue, but just how to connect with different groups of individuals. Your public speakers could benefit from some of these advocacy modules just to hear about telling a story, but not getting too deep into it. And just, again, kind of um, educating someone on the issue and then saying, here's our stance on, on how this issue can impact our community if it's adopted or not adopted. So I certainly see some of those connections for um, your public speakers and then really just any, any students that are gonna interact with, with younger, younger members of that community. Well, and if you're listening and uh, you not, you're not in the classroom, but maybe you're working with state officers or, you know, in other states, I know they have regional officers, maybe, maybe you use this resource to help uh, those kids really find uh, meaningful ways to be advocates uh, for FFA and ag education as a whole. So, uh, well, Darla, we thank you for your time. Uh, those of you listening, make sure you go to uh, the the show notes. Darla shared some amazing resources for you all to look at. Uh, like Here by the Owl podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And thanks again, Darla, for being here with us tonight. Great. Thanks so much.